When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Bulls Nation? Happy Monday and welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented to you by Points Bet. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. That's my guy, Big Dave. He's on Twitter at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. We are CHGO underscore Bulls. We got our pal and our producer, Joey, rocking things behind the scenes. Joey, how are you, my friend? Joey! <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm caught you caught me a little bit off guard here. Wasn't expecting to have it uh, thrown my way. Yes, you back- should have been expecting that, Joe. You're supposed to be ready. You know how we do by now, man. I'm you ready. Expect me unexpected. Good, uh, really good point guardsmanship there by you two. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to see if Joey was on his toes. On on I do that all the time, Peck. <laughs> I'm doing a hundred different things per usual, but obviously, you know, I'm ready. Good. So. Good. I'm ready. We're going to have fun. I love you. <laughs> uh, Dave, how are you, sir? How was your weekend? Uh, weekend was cool. Uh, I'm enjoying this weather that's going on right now. Uh, this is awesome. It's like cold and chilly. And, and, and yeah, this is what I dig right now. It's going to be like yeah. in the 60s tonight. This is amazing. I, I heard it was hella hot in Chicago over the weekend, though. Was that an exact quote? Hella hot? That was That was the quote? I mean, that's just how I phrased it just now. But no, I like I heard it was in the triple digits in Chicago this mm-hmm. weekend. I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you, Matt, because I didn't go anywhere. I, I sat right in here and it was like 70 degrees in the house. Like, I don't I don't know what it was outside. Honestly, I couldn't tell you what was going on out there. But I know it was cool runnings up here in the Watson household, sir. I, it was all good. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Get on up. <laughs> get on up. It's bobsled time. <laughs> We're not really Shout out John Candy. Not in, not bobsled season right now, but I'll, but I'll accept it. I will seriously if I if that movie's ever on while I'm channel surfing, I will sit and watch mm. it. It's that good. That's one of your ones you sit and watch when you cut on. Like that's the one. Yeah. Oh, for okay. sure. Starship I mean, Troopers a, for me. It's a cla- oh, well, that's also on my list of we'll sit yeah. and watch anytime it's on. Yeah. Whenever. Welcome to the Roughnecks. Like, oh, yeah. Rico's yeah. Roughnecks. Roughnecks. Who? 
Uh, Colin in the chat saying, what's up, guys? Haven't seen you for a... Haven't seen you live for a minute. Uh, also, bladed props to Joey on the beer helmet pottery pack from last week. That was maybe <laughs> one of Joey's best impromptu photoshops right there. It was great. He's got a few. He's got a few, too, as well, man. He's, he's always uh, doing something really funny when it comes to that. And, and I'm always watching him when he's doing it. I always know when he's doing some things, man, because he's just quiet and he's on that other laptop. Because, you know, he got like six of them set up. So yeah. he's got other one laptop and he's doing these things or he's checking in on his phone. But. Yeah, you know he's working on something silly when you see him just focused on that. But it's usually cool every time. Indeed. And shout out to Joel in the comments as well, hanging out with us. So, uh, Will is off again on this Monday, just like last week. He's, uh, I think he's traveling between locations in Brazil. So, we gave him the day to chill. Uh, he mm-hmm. and Mark K will have another Bulls HQ-style episode for you guys Friday to bookend the week. We got plenty to get to today. We wanted to talk about... Some recent comments from Bulls legend, six-time champ, Hall of Famer Scotty Pippen, that he made talking to our pal Rob Schaefer on the Bulls Talk Pod recently about where this Bulls team is and whether or not they're actual contenders. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about DeMar teaming up with the Paul Patrick Williams in a recent Drew League game over the weekend and what we saw from Patrick in that mm-hmm. contest. But we're going to shift gears and jump out of the gate with the breaking NBA news of today. It's it's mm-hmm. August. You rarely get big breaking news stories <laughs> covering the NBA in August, but this came to us from Sham Sharanya of The Athletic uh, just like an hour or so ago. Thank you, yeah. Joey. This tweet, in a meeting with Nets owner Joe Sy, Kevin Durant reiterated his trade request and informed Sy that Sy uh, needs to choose between Durant or the pairing of GM Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash, sources say. He followed that up, saying Kevin Durant informed Cy that he does not have faith in the Nets' direction. The meeting was described as transparent and professional with a clear message from KD. Keep me or the GM and head coach. Wow, Dave. What are you, wow. What's your initial reaction to this, this Shams wow. bomb? This is like a Tyler Perry movie, man. This is, I mean, just all kinds of drama in here. It's either me or it's her, like, kind of thing. Like, right? my goodness, that's, that's man. That's an ultimatum, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he lets you know exactly where he stands. Uh, I like the fact he laid out the ultimatum. I, I, I appreciate people letting you know uh, where you stand. You know, I'm a huge fan of that, Matt. Um, but, man, I, I'm curious as to what the Nets do because you're looking at Kevin Durant, and it's Kevin Durant, as I've said millions of times on this show. It's Kevin Durant. You trade whoever to get Kevin Durant. But at the same time, you have somebody who's unhappy on your team, somebody who doesn't really want to be there. Because even if you fire Steve Nash and you let go of Marks, you might have had something set up where you would, you know, um, the, the, the route you were going and the way you were taking to get to, you know, the championship you were putting it on those two guys along with Kevin Durant. Well, if Kevin is like, I don't want to be here and you get rid of those two guys, is Kevin really like, I still want to be here now? You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't feel like even if they do that, it's going to work, you know, or or it's going to be okay because they got rid of those guys. They got the coach you wanted, you know, <laughs> in the beginning. They were like, who you want to coach? Steve Nash. We go Give us Steve Nash. And now you're like, okay, I don't want him no more damn you know what i mean yeah. like so i think that that comes into play too but honestly it doesn't feel like even if they did all this for kevin it still doesn't feel like he wants to be there anymore Matt. i mean at charlie in the comments you're chiming in saying why sign a four-year deal if you don't have trust in 
and have faith in the front office? That's the valid question. And that's what I keep coming back to. And it's not just a four-year deal. It's a four-year deal with no player option on the end of it. Yes, like correct. he went yeah. all in on saying Brooklyn is where I want to be. Mm. And part of that was him telling Brooklyn and telling Brooklyn ownership, hire Steve Nash. When yeah. I went and played with the Warriors and Steve Nash was a consultant for the Warriors, he and I got really close. And I love Steve Nash's basketball mind, and I trust him, and I like him, and he's my friend, and I want him to be the coach. Yeah. And that was only two years ago now? They hired Steve Nash in 2020. What happened? What changed? <laughs> because the part about maybe Kevin Durant falling out of friendship love with Kyrie Irving yeah. is part of this, and clearly yeah. that the whole James Harden reunion didn't work out either. So maybe that part is something you could understand as to why Kevin Durant is not happy. But what happened between him and yeah. Steve Nash? Did he watch Steve Nash coach a couple of seasons and then suddenly say, hey, I actually don't like and I don't trust your basketball mind? I yeah. don't think you're the coach that we need to get us to a championship kind of level of competition? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't know just how extensive his relation Kevin Durant's relationship is with the GM Marks, but – it's the Steve Nash thing is what I'm just sitting here saying. What the hell, Dave? Like, what what happened? What happened? You know, all I keep when that when I read that when you sent that to me and I read it, the first thing I thought of was just Steve Nash looking like the hell did I do? <laughs> like, what, what 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 happened? What did I do, dog? Damn. Um, I'm not saying that like Steve Nash was a you know super great coach. Honestly, I don't know if he's a super great coach. Um, he's only had a couple seasons. And he's been in the playoffs both seasons, and he was a and toe his three away. Most from important getting... pieces this past season barely played any games together. He's been right, dealing right, exactly. with the Kyrie thing. Then the Harden mm -hmm. trade happens. He gets a piece in Simmons, who's still also not available. Like it's yeah. hard to gauge his coaching with what he's been dealing all of the variables that he's dealt with in just two seasons. Yeah, absolutely right. And like you said, those three pieces, either if it was Harden, Kyrie and Durant or if it was Simmons Durant and Kyrie he still hasn't played with, with those three for a significant length of time and on the on the latter he hasn't played with pretty much either of those guys it's definitely not Ben Simmons he didn't even play so yeah it's it's hard to gauge it um and see it like that but Kevin Durant I don't know man he he sees something he knows what he wants and I credit him for that and he wants it to be like look they can't be here it has to be about me and you have to build this around me. That's what it sounds like. You have to build this around me, and it's going to have to do it how I want. And I don't know if the Nets call his bluff on this. You know what I mean? If they're like, okay, fine. We'll get rid of both of them. Now what? You know, like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. What do I do now from here? Um, but it feels like he really wants to get traded. Like, he reiterated, like you said, that was the first thing about this. He reiterated, I want a trade. Period. Get me out of here now. I don't want to be here. And if you're going to keep me, you got to get rid of your, your front office and your coach. It's 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 kind of unprecedented. You know, what I mean, you don't hear about this too often. Um, not not saying it doesn't go on behind the scenes, but for it to be this out, you know, what I'm saying this forward for us to be able to have this discussion on this forum with the facts that we know that he doesn't want Steve Nash or Sean Marks and he wants to be traded if that's not the case. It's, it's kind of unprecedented to me, man. This uh, Shams column with further explanation of his report saying, 
that the Nets do have direct knowledge of the reasons behind Durant's request and understand that Durant will continue to be resolute in his stance. Across the league, people are wondering whether Durant could miss training camp should no trade develop. Colin in the comments kind of wondering about that too, saying the Nets can just do nothing and let him sit and not get paid, right? I mean, that's the situation that Simmons and the Sixers were in. Uh, earlier yeah, on this yeah. past season before they Same traded thing. him to Brooklyn yep. is mm-hmm. if KD is theoretically available and healthy and able to play, but refusing to show up starting with training camp because he is trying to win this game of chicken with the Nets front office, will they just keep him if they don't like the trade and, 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 and then begin just finding him for not showing up? Um, let, let me ask you something, Matt. Like, do you think, who, who do you more so, what do you more so see uh, happening here? Like, do you think this trade is going down, or do you see them firing their coach and their general manager to keep a player, but not just a player, a, a generational talent in, in Kevin Durant? Well, I, see, th- here's the thing, because then th- the conversation turns to who out there, which teams out there are going to make a realistic offer for Kevin freaking Durant yeah. when we have heard – what the Nets expect to get in said trade yeah. if one actually happens. And it's everything. Give us everything, <laughs> everything? right? Everything. All of the picks, not just one, two, three, four, five, not, not five, not six, six, not seven, all of the picks mm-hmm. and all of your young, talented players. Yeah. The Celtics now for the last couple of weeks have seemed to be the front running team because they are the closest to being able to put together a package Mm-hmm. that the Nets would actually want, and that would be a package centered around Jalen Brown, maybe also Marcus Smart, and then lots of picks. But our pal John Corellis over at Locked On Celtics, our, our former platform, Shout out. said that he just doesn't think that the Celtics will pull that trigger because guess what? They just went to the finals without Kevin Durant. They did. Do they really need him? Because they, if they just keep building around this trio of Tatum, Brown and smart and all of these complimentary pieces just trading away all of the most important complimentary pieces and including one of those stars mm-hmm. and all of your future picks to bring in one Kevin Durant mm-hmm. get you closer to winning a chip because you were two games away from a chip just a couple months ago. That's true, but I've it's happened in the NBA before and you know, to get old school on you, uh, I remember when it, uh, occurred when the Pistons went to the finals the first time and they lost in seven games uh, to the uh, Lakers. They had Adrian Dantley on their team, who was the man. And they traded Adrian Dantley the next season during the season for Mark Aguirre. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up going and winning a championship and another championship after that. So we it's, it's happened before that you've gotten close real, real close. And you still trade an important basketball player to that team to, because you feel like it didn't fit your team. So I hear that point, but it's Kevin Durant. Like, I, I'm still making that trade. Like, it's, I hear you all, oh, man. We were close with him, but dude, that's Kevin Durant. You make that trade. And also, Matt, I think it's, it may also be Kevin Durant saying something like try, trying to push a trade through because they want so much. It might also be him saying, okay, I know y'all want all this, but I don't want to be here. So you better get something. You know what I mean? Like, you better get something for it. I don't. I know you're waiting on some perfect package to get here to get me out of here, but I'm not going to allow you all to have that perfect package because I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? So you better – so I'm going to put some fire to your feet. 
and try to get this up out of here like that, man. And man, it's it's just so it's it's kind of unprecedented and it's interesting to see. But you're right, Boston just feels like the smartest move for them. But I know the Nets don't want to do that because it's in their own conference. And so you don't want to see him like that. But if you're getting back real, real talent, you, you've got to pull that trigger on that. And if I'm Boston, I, I definitely pull the trigger on this, man. Like, you don't pass up on Kevin Durant because you became two games away from the finals. Like, you get Kevin Durant to get, get the other two games of the finals. Yeah. That's why you get him. The other interesting note about uh, the KD Boston tie from the Shams Sharanya latest uh, today is that he made note of of KD's close relationship with Ime Udoka, who yeah. was an assistant in Brooklyn when KD got right. there. Also served on the staff for the 2020 Olympic team that KD was on, mm. and that maybe that could be one of the reasons why Brooklyn and Boston might make this happen. And, and KD wants to go there is because. Mm. Apparently, he has now become disillusioned with Steve Nash as an NBA head coach. But Ime Udoka is somebody who he has a solid relationship with and and perhaps respects as a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. Ime Udoka was a young first-time coach who got off to a rocky start and then figured out the pieces and then took that Boston team further than they had ever been before. So he did. He did. There, maybe like there is some logic you could see there as to why it just keeps keeps being about the Celtics when clearly like it was Phoenix. Then the Aiden thing happened. The Celtics or, or I mean, the Suns are off the table. Shams did also mention that Toronto and Miami are the two other teams along with Boston that could still be involved here. Um, meanwhile, Claire saying, please no KD. If you go anywhere, go West. Um, yeah. I was about to say that Matt, the two teams, you, the three teams you just mentioned all East Easter conference all teams. in the East for a while yeah, there. Man. We were all happy thinking, Oh, Kevin Durant's going to go to Phoenix <laughs> and leave the Easter conference. Hallelujah. No, nope. no, nope. staying put right here, man. They got the best packages to offer uh, Phoenix. We know what happened to them. Their, their thing went out the window when the Pacers put that fire to them. So, yeah, man. He, it feels like um, he's going to stay in the East. Real quick, uh, Mac for a better tomorrow, chiming in okay. saying, KD hasn't gotten past the second round without Steph. He's only proved he isn't that guy. KD will somehow make the Celtics worse. Okay. He hasn't got gotten past the second round without <laughs> Steph. <laughs> yeah. I think. Been to a finals, brother. I think. Did he? <laughs> what, all the way back in 2012, did he take yeah. a young Thunder team to the finals? Because, yeah, he, he did. did that. He did that. I, he did that. <laughs> history, man. He did Hello? That. He did that, man. Now, like Kevin, I mean, he clearly wants to land in, in a nice place, in a soft spot, you know what I mean? And a team that's up and coming and ready to win. Um, and but the Nets can only do, you know what I'm saying, what they can do as far as if they want to send him to a team that's a legitimate contender. Because of the three teams you mentioned, Toronto would be the team you send them to if you're like, I still think y'all might need another piece, even though you get Kevin Durant. Because right. you go to Miami and you go to Boston, I'm like, you're going to the finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't see any other route uh, but finals for them. But Toronto, you still may say, you might need another shooter or something like that. You know what I mean? You might still be on the fence about that. But, you know, but those two other teams, finals, period, point blank. That's what it is. Uh, Adam in the comments asking, is Katie or Pip more of a punk? They're both annoying me. Damn. We're going to talk about Scotty coming up next. Cause all right. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty Pippen has opinions y'all. All right, um, Scott. 
uh, little bit of a spoiler alert. I'm not sure I disagree with this most recent Scotty Pippen take. <laughs> We're going to talk about that coming up next. First, today's episode brought to you guys by PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you're going to get those two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not all. If you make that first-time deposit of $50 or more, you'll receive a free membership to CHGO which unlocks all of our amazing web content, including the latest work from our guy, Will to Go Gottlieb, talking about Patrick Williams, the offseason he's having, and that shot that he's been working on. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. Yes, Points sir. bets your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, maybe your favorite team is priming for a comeback. Don't just watch the game, bet along with it. Live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Cha-ching! Follow along with your bets. The moment they hit, stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Big Dave, tell the people what to do. You live your bet life. Mm. Mm. right up in there you know our guy will usually says that but he's out traveling right now but one thing i know that he's doing while he's out traveling is he's got himself some of that athletic greens on him i know he got it you saw the box in the show last week he let us know right there up on the camera (laughs) he let him know baby those 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food for source superfoods probiotics and of course from here to brazil y'all the adaptogens. Oh, they help start your day right. Yes. That special blend of ingredients that support your gut health, nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, your aging, all of those things. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than that cold brewed habit. We're not judging. We're just telling you what's cheaper. And it's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. And you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance, y'all. Vegan. Dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it does all this while still tasting amazing. But you don't have to take my word for it. Will will tell you what it is. But you can also take the word of over 7,000 five-star reviews Athletic Greens has received, recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. Oh, it's a beautiful thing, y'all. Come on with it. Get you some athletic greens. And to make it easy for you, we're going to give you a free, you heard what I said, I said free, one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And count them on your hand. One hand. Five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's a lot, y'all. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance because it's Athletic Greens. You scoop it, you dump it, you shake it, you drink it, you feel it. Mm. Get in you. Get in you. Shout out to Oswaldo in the comments. He said, Big Dave always has to say, lacquer for that ad. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, do. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So... Six-time Chicago Bulls NBA champ, Scottie Pippen, Hall of Famer, member of the Dream Team. Um, 
He was making headlines a lot in the last couple of years during COVID when people were watching The Last Dance. People were sort of revisiting the history of Pip, the beefs he had with ownership and management back when he was with the Bulls, the trade demands and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he came out after The Last Dance and wrote his book that was basically his response to feeling a little bit portrayed and, and portrayed in a negative light in mm-hmm. The Last Dance documentary. And then meanwhile, he was also working on promoting this new bourbon he came up with. And he was going around and doing all these interviews across all kinds of media, saying all kinds of wild shit about the old days, which both fans remember as the good old days. But we all know that there was also a lot of drama sure. in those good old days for all of the members involved. Tons of it. Um, and then, he, he you know, he, he was kind of quiet for a while. The most recent episode of the Bulls Talk Pod, and shout out to Rob Schaefer, Casey, our old pal Bulldog. Um, Scotty hopped on and was talking with Rob Schaefer about a multitude of Bulls topics. But the thing that was most interesting is where he feels that this team is coming out of last season and going into this season. And I don't think that this was just Scotty saying stuff to get attention, to ruffle feathers. I think that these were some honest thoughts that that Scotty had about where this team is. Joey, do we have those quotes from Scotty in this interview that we can throw up uh, on the screen real quick? So here it is. I thought last season they definitely made some acquisitions that made them better. Throughout the regular season, they definitely looked a lot better. I think that DeMar uh, DeRozan brought some firepower that they needed on from an offensive standpoint. But I think mm-hmm. postseason, they sort of fell back into the slot they've been in for the last 10 to 15 years. They're just not a team built for the postseason. Scotty continued saying, other teams out there are continuing to improve. Milwaukee's still going to be strong, Miami. So even the improvement that they're making is drastic improvement. Other teams are making moves too. So they're really not giving them a chance to close that gap. Big Dave, thoughts Mm -hmm. on these thoughts from Scotty Pippen. Uh, I don't disagree with him. Uh, I disagree with some of the logic, but I don't really disagree with, like, of what he's saying. Um, I don't have the Bulls making that deep playoff run. I mean, I don't have them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I know you don't have them at, uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals going in. But I've always said uh, when they made these moves that it was a process to it. Like the Bulls are having to – and I've, you heard me say this a thousand times, Matt. I was like, we're just learning how to actually not even walk. We're learning how to crawl. You know what I mean? Like for real. Like the Bulls couldn't do anything. They were they had to learn how to crawl, and that's what last year was for me. That was crawling, like just learning how to do that and getting comfortable with your team actually winning games. <laughs> like because again, he can say ten to fifteen. I'm like, bro, I ain't seen a winning team in like seven. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been a minute since I've seen a winning team here in Chicago. So I was ecstatic about going to the playoffs and just getting a victory. I didn't expect them to make a deep run, and I don't expect it this year. Do I want to be wrong? You damn right. <laughs> I want to be wrong about all of this. All right, and you will, and I will show you what my wrong looks like if the Bulls are in the postseason. When you see me running up and down CHGO Studios, losing my damn mind because the Bulls are going to the Eastern Conference Finals or something like that, I don't give a damn about being right or wrong on that. I, I would love to be wrong. I'm looking forward to it. All right. But I, I agree with them. I don't think that they're that playoff team yet. You know what I'm saying? I still think they're still learning and figuring out how to do certain things. And guys are still developing. And we still have to. We still need to know about the health of this team. Because I thought that's when I say I disagree with the logic of it, Matt. Because I think he left that part out. 
when you said they fell back into that team they've been like now nah, bro they 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 fell because they were injured like they fell down literally like they fell mm-hmm. down and a lot of players weren't available so i don't know i still honestly and i don't think anybody can sit here and give me an honest assessment of a bulls playoff team and what they are in the playoffs because everybody wasn't there including your you know your starting point guard who was a huge integral piece for that even with that said I still saw DeMar DeRozan do incredible thing in that playoffs and get the Bulls a victory, um, which was for me uh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> like, I was ecstatic. I thought that was a monumental moment. But I don't disagree with what he said. I, I really don't. I don't disagree with it. The Bulls are not ready yet, but this is the this is where I expect them to be. Like, they're still learning, man, and I'm cool with that, honestly. We got some people disagreeing in the comments. Joel saying Pip is not really wrong here. Shrug emoji. David saying Pippin is wrong, bro. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm kind of uh, in the same frame of mind as you, which is that I think most of what he said, it's hard to argue yeah. that the Bulls, and he said they got better. They added talent. They got a lot better. They were crushing the regular season. Playoffs came and, you know, and, th- and that ended the way it ended. Right. But th- that thing he said about falling back to what they've been for the past 10 or 15 years, that's just like a sweeping generalization that doesn't yes. really make a lot of sense. Yes. Because, yes. you know, 10 to 15 years ago, like the, the, the back end of 10 to 15 years ago was the Rose, Joakim, Luol, Bulls getting really good. Yeah. And then the most recent half of that 10 to 15 years ago has been doo-doo. Doo-doo. So... Like to just say, oh yeah, they just fell back into what they've been for. Like they've been a lot of different things over the last ten to fifteen years. <laughs> it's not all one thing that they've been. Yeah. So I think that was just a slightly misguided comment from Scotty. Correct. But the overarching thing of what he was saying, which is, there are other teams in the East that are still better than them. Mm-hmm. Some of the teams in the East that were better than them last season got better. Mm-hmm. Some of the teams that were about the same as them last season also got better. Mm-hmm. So to, to confidently say coming into this season, the Bulls are going to be one of those teams in the East, one of the last teams standing in the East. It's it's hard to look at what happened last season, what transpired this offseason, mm-hmm. and and say otherwise. I like I think for the most part, other than that weird ten to fifteen years, uh, uh, you know, comparison, I'm I'm with Scotty on this. <laughs> yeah, see, says Scott, he's Judas to me. I don't care what he says anymore. Yo, man, did, did Judas, did Judas <laughs> help Jesus win six championships? <laughs> I mean, my my Bible knowledge is a little rusty, a little but bit. Did, but little did bit. Judas help Jesus win six championships? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just glad he knows the story of Judas and Jesus. Like, I'm just going with that. Um, <laughs> but. What about I, I, a restaurant or a big dinner party that went wrong or something? I don't know. <laughs> but again, man, yeah, I don't, I don't truly disagree with him. It's just the logic of it. Like Matt was uh, saying, like I said earlier, you know, the 10 to 15 years, just, you know, they've been trash because Scotty could probably look at it from a sense of they've been trash because they ain't winning no championships. You know what I'm saying? Like he has a different mindset. I like when he talked about, even when he spoke about Giannis, when he was saying, yo, Giannis, you know, he's right there. You know what I'm saying? He's he's in uh, uh, your conference. So you're going to struggle with those kind of things. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 I don't see the the lie he he told in that. But again, I'm sure we'll get into it in, in, a, in a second. But 
it's just the 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 way he was presenting it and i was just like okay i, I it's like when you're in math class matt and you and or let me speak for myself when i would be in math class i was struggling geometry so i and but the people around me would know the answers so i would get the answers but my teacher would give it back to me and be like show me your work <laughs> you know what i'm saying how did you come up with this answer that's what this is with scotty like i agree with his end point i get him he's right but how he got there is what i disagreed with you know what i'm saying yeah yeah no that makes sense um you know, people in the comments saying, you know, Scotty's just kind of bitter, and that's why he's saying these things. Uh, Oswaldo's saying Pippen's mad that he doesn't get paid to be the team ambassador anymore. Um, based on some of the things Scotty said after he no longer held that position of Bulls team ambassador, I don't he think he liked that. that job very much at all. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think there. he hated it. Yeah. It was like, also, I don't think they pay those ambassadors very well. It's not like they get paid like a full time job to be those team ambassadors. Yeah. True indeed. True indeed. I I think Scotty is more than fine with the fact that he no longer holds that position and gets paid to do so. Um, Yeah, he's a millionaire. Like, like understand he has struggles. You know what I'm saying with his contract, but he got his money. All right, he got he got his his NBA money eventually. And now he's a best-selling author, so he's got that check too. Selling whiskey, you know, selling or or gasoline, like that in a bottle. He's got that stuff too. But, but yeah, man. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, you were going to say that. So. Yeah, I just, um, I think it's a fair analysis of of where they are, which I think Mm -hmm. basically Pip is just trying to make the point that they got better, but they're still not good enough. And any any Bulls fan, even taking into account what you were saying with the the Bulls missing key players for the, you know, for the home stretch of last season, the tail end of the regular season into the playoffs, that is Mm -hmm. true. Even assuming all pieces healthy, when you look at other teams in the East, they are better, but not good enough. Yes. Plenty of people last season wanted to bring up all the time, whenever the Bulls had a matchup with one of those top teams in the East or a top record team from either conference, that the Bulls yeah. record against those teams was not very good. By not very not good, good, I mean like barely won a damn game against the best teams in the league. They were yeah. slaying bums and they were winning games against mediocre teams. They could not beat the best of the best. And in some cases, they had a healthy squad and would lose to the elite teams in the league. So mm-hmm. that part, unless you feel like Drummond and Dragic are real game changers, that that remains the status quo coming into a new season. Yeah, I don't, I'm not I'm not mad at anybody going with that status quo. Uh, I'm not going with it, but I'm not mad with anybody going with it because the proof has already been shown to you. You know what I'm saying? Like you've already seen it like that on the floor. Um, but I'm interested to see how it comes back uh, this season. But that was the other th- – and the other thing I wanted – I said what I wanted to touch on was what he said about Giannis. And because <laughs> he said, you know, until you find an answer for Giannis, you're not winning. And my first thought, Matt, was nobody's got an answer for Giannis, Scotty. That's not how that works. Like, you don't have to have an answer for Giannis. You just have to have a dude on your squad. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You don't have to have that Giannis answer. Boston shows you. You don't right. have to have the answer for him. You just have to have you need a dude. to have an answer for beating the rest of the team. Correct. You have to have that dude on your squad. And that's what that answer has to be. Like, who else do I got on my team? Who can, if Giannis is doing all that, who do I got? You know what I'm saying? Like, what else can I do? So we know what DeMar DeRozan can do. We know what he can do. We saw him do it. Now we're looking at uh, Zach Levine. And can he be healthy enough at that time frame in the playoffs to do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we got to see that from him. So, 
that's how you combat Giannis. Not getting another dude, not doing what they used to do with Shaq and just throw seven foot tall dudes at him like that was going to do anything. It's mm-hmm. not. That's how you get Todd McCullough and and Chris Dudley getting embarrassed. Like that's not how that works. You you have to go and just get somebody who is good also that can kind of match him. You know what I'm saying? And his output that he's got going on. Right. And I think part of this also is how does Scotty define? You know, are the Bulls a contender? How does anyone define contender? Because I see David in the comments here saying, so are the Bulls uh, in the top eight in teams in the East saying, if yeah. the answer is yes, then they're a contender. See, <laughs> my my answer to the first of those two questions is yes. I believe that this coming season, the Bulls should be in that top eight, even yeah. though some of those other teams that finished below the Bulls last season, you could argue, got better with their offseason moves. We're going to continue to talk about some of those mm. mid-tier and second mid-tier mm. East teams as we move forward through the dog days of the offseason. But the second answer is not necessarily. If you're a top eight seed, that in my by my definition, that doesn't make you a contender. Me neither. Are you an eight seed that's primed to upset a one seed? Right. How often does that actually happen in the NBA? Almost never. Not often. Almost never. So if you end up six through eight, which is honestly kind of where I see the Bulls ending up again next season. That's not a contender. That's a good team, but that's a one-and-done playoff team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And for me, the goal is to get to the second round. Like, that's that's the goal I have. You know what I mean? It wasn't to get to an Eastern Conference final. Because, again, they're putting together something. That's I'm, I'm more focused on the building, you know what I'm saying, than, than actual just running fast and getting there and doing it like that. That's usually not how that works. You know what I mean? I'm looking at how AK put together Denver. You go back and look at that. Go back and look at how they put together Denver, man. It was, it was brick by brick by brick by brick by brick until they got a big-ass brick. You know what I'm saying? And then they were off and running after that. So, yeah, I'm interested to just watch them continue to build. And that's what excites me is because I know for a second straight season, and I don't know how long I'm going to watch some good basketball from a team that I love. I, I can't tell you when the last time I've seen that in back-to-back seasons. Do you hear what I said? Like, there's still things they have to accomplish and conquer like right. that. Like, getting 50 wins. 13-14 into 14-15 is the last time the Bulls had two legit good back-to-back seasons. Come on, man. That's that's that's, that's almost teenagers for kids who were born at that time. You know what I'm saying? That's a long time, bro, to see that in good basketball from this from the Chicago Bulls. So yeah, it's a lot to work on. And this is what the process kind of looks like, man. It's not fun for everybody. You know what I'm saying? But I know what they're trying to do in my head. I do. I know I feel like I know what they're trying to do. So and that's why my goals might be a little bit different. But Scottie Pippen is a champion. You know what I mean? Like Scottie Pippen played with the greatest player ever to play the game of basketball and overcame some incredible obstacles to never lose in the NBA finals. His perspective is different. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and it should be because right. he knows what it takes to get there. And he's like, they don't have what it takes to get there yet. And I can't disagree with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, by the time that Scotty arrived in the NBA in the late eighties, MJ was already ascending to be the best player in the league. And he was like in playoff battles right out of the gate as right. a young right. NBA player. True. And it took a few years for Scotty and Horace and those guys to mature to then get over that big hump of the bad boy Pistons. But basically, he came in, like, hit the ground running 
going to, going to the playoffs as a young NBA player and playing a big role on a team that was trying to climb and climb and climb further through the playoff race and yeah. then got to the top and stayed there <laughs> for a decade. <laughs> so you are absolutely right in that his perspective when it comes to what's a good team in the NBA, what's a contending <laughs> team in the NBA, different. Yeah, man. Because he was a member of arguably the greatest team sport dynasty in modern American sports history. Yeah, exactly. It's like a it's like a billionaire not trying to not knowing the price of milk. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what's the all no. milk these days? Like, like 50, 50 bucks? <laughs> He's not gonna know, man. It's a whole different perspective, y'all. It's a different perspective, but but yeah, but I'm gonna enjoy this season because this team is going to be good. That's what I know. I'm gonna watch good basketball, and I'm damn excited about that. So yay, good basketball is on the way. Uh, Brian says that he agrees with you, Dave, and that Pip knows playoff basketball. He certainly I mean, clearly he, he he played in a lot of it. Played in a, a lot. lot. A uh, lot. All right, so there's that. Interesting thoughts from Scotty Pippen. Anytime a member of the old dynasty days, you know pokes their head out to share some thoughts on the current Bulls, you got to talk about it. Um, So with the time remaining, we are going to talk about Patrick Williams, have a little fun in Drew League. But before we do that, Big Dave, one more shout out to our friends at PointsBet. Hi, Shell. What up, Bruno? How you doing, man? If y'all enjoy CHGO and what we do right here and what we talk about and what we yell about and laugh about and all those cool things. One way to continue to help us to grow is to download that awesome PointsBet app and use that code CHGO when you're signing up because not only are you getting those two, count them, one, two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive that free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of that web content, and you'll even get a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. Locker. You're not seeing the new Dylan C's T-shirt. Oh, that joint is nice. <laughs> that joint is nice. And all the people here in this beautiful state of Illinois, this wonderful city of Chicago, where it might look like the apocalypse is happening outside, but the weather is amazing because it's low 70s, baby. You can download that PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish and do it all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier, easier than ever so you can start living your bet life. Win in seconds. seconds. So what are you waiting for? Because once that game starts, you don't just bet. Joey, tell them what you do. You live your bet life. Oh, the dramatic pause. And he's there. At the buzzer. At the buzzer. Yes, at the buzzer, right. Packs it for three. Got it. Hey, at the three. Look at that oh, shirt. there is that dope-ass new Dylan C shirt. I love it. it. I am jealous as a Cubs fan that yes. we don't really – we we can't have nice things. He was not an all star. He was not. He was not an all star. Uh, Insane. <laughs> shout out to Bruno tuning in from Brazil. Hey, find the goat. Go find, find the goat. goat. He's there. Go he's find there him. Somewhere. He's in. He's in the capital of Brazil, right? Bruno's in the capital. Let's find out where the goat is. We'll find out tomorrow when we talk to him where he's at. If he's in, in the capital, we're gonna put y'all together. Indeed. Um. All right. Pat will Drew League. Uh, Devin Devon in the comments saying, how much are you, how much stock are you guys putting into Pat Will's Drew League game? 
Well, let's check let's check the game tape and then we'll talk about it. Joey, do we have this clip that our guy Will the Goat Gottlieb posted of some highlights for Pat in Summer League? Oh, shout out to the GOAT for putting this together. Look at that mm. arc splash. That three-point shot right there from young Patrick. That's a defensive possession right there. Go on and fake. Get that up out of here, little fella. You're too small. Too small. Let me get you some right there. Uh, that's that pause. Up, oh, but I hook. Fake you. Back you down. You too small, little fella. Ooh, with that. It, uh, it didn't hit the shot, but I love that little turnaround fadeaway for the baseline. Because it's a confident shot, Matt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and way to run and getting the ball up the floor, having a vision to do that. That's one thing they thought that he was going to be able to do when they drafted him. One of the things he would be able to do. And so it's good to see that as well. But yeah, that for me, Matt, I enjoyed all of this because I guess I'm looking at it differently than probably most people because I saw people complain, oh, you only had 14 points. Like I, I wasn't looking at that. You know what I mean? I was just looking at the confidence. That's what I wanted to see. The ball handling and the confidence were the two things I was looking at. But Patrick, look at that. My God, that's terrible. That's that's terrifying, dog. Like, if he could do that all, oh, it's terrifying. But that's all I was looking at. And he did things in this game that let me know that he he has got some confidence now. I don't know if it's at 100, Matt. I don't know if it's at 80. I don't know where it is on this level. But he definitely has gained more confidence uh, with his game. You know what I'm saying? Within his game. Uh, doing that turnaround. That's some Luca stuff right there. That's beautiful to watch. That one where I'm sure they'll show Will has on here. I think it's the last thing on here where he taps up the guy, like tapped him up. He went, he missed the dunk. Mm-hmm. I think this is it right here. Yeah, this is it right here. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, come on, give me that. Uh, give it. Oh, uh. it's just that was vicious to me because the last dribble, Matt. Those are handles of of like an NBA player. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those are that's a legit. NBA basketball player handle when you go back through your legs with the left to the right and you get to the bucket and you go dunk that joint. So that's the stuff I was looking at, man. I was I was happy to see him be confident and I was happy to see his handles uh, improve. Right. So so we got some people in the comments saying it still seemed like he was deferring. He deferred to Demar. Somebody else saying that he even deferred to some scrubs on the Drew League. Uh, some of his Drew League teammates. Um, but then most everybody else in the comments is just talking about how the, how his handles look better, how his handles look tighter, look cleaner, looks like he has yeah. a little bit more in his bag. And I agree, watching that tape from, from his uh, participation in Drew League, that those handles from Pat look like better handles than anything we've seen from him in an NBA game. I wonder, and it's a question, you know, plenty of people ask is like uh, somebody who's, you know, early, early in the comments said, how much stock do you put in this? Mm-hmm. Are his handles better in a random Drew League game because he's not being guarded by NBA players or not all NBA players? Is he more confident mm-hmm. doing more handling the ball because he's not getting deed up by elite NBA defenders? I, I think it could be both. Maybe his handles are better and the Drew League would be a great opportunity for him to see if he can do a little bit more with the handling that he's been working on, but it's still to me like, okay, can you show us that in an NBA game? Because <laughs> dribbling around guys in the Drew League, I mean, you you can see on some of these possessions in Drew League, the defense just doesn't, no, nobody's playing defense. You know, like mm-hmm. Drew League defense at times, oftentimes even, is kind of like the first three quarters of an all-star game where just mm-hmm. nobody's playing defense. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're playing against traffic cones, and all of a sudden your handles look a lot better. 
Because those mm-hmm. traffic cones don't have hands that are swiping and steal the ball away from you. Mm-hmm. I would say this, Matt. I've never seen him do any of those things in the years he's been here with the Chicago Bulls. I don't care. And, I, and I've watched a lot of Patrick Williams. I'm talking about practice tape, uh, playing scrimmage, whatever. You know what I mean? I I didn't see that. He he looked much more sleeker and much more confident with his handle. He wasn't looking down at his dribble, using both hands on that. And just being confident with that. Now, I, if you want to argue the confidence level of that, I, I get that. That's that's an argument you can have for sure because of the competition you're playing against. But the skill, I don't think I'm, I'm ready to argue that at all. The skill is what it is. It's just what it is, period. The confident fadeaway, yeah. You can, you can argue that. Will you be comfortable enough taking that shot in an NBA game? Okay, I get that. But him tapping up doing things I've never seen him do as far as what he did with his ball handling. I think he just has that, or he's working towards getting that better. I should say uh, in his game more so than against competition who he's playing against, because I, I I've seen him play against that kind of competition before. And I didn't see that as far as his handle was concerned. That That's fair. That's fair. Um, the other thing that I did see from Pat that I liked, and I was wondering okay. if you noticed the same, okay, is the way that he and, and you kind of touch on this now with as far as like having more confidence in his handles to keep his head up. Mm-hmm. Some of the passes that Pat made in transition, yeah, some of the one-on-one aggressive moves he made in transition, he made it, like some full court passes. Then he also had a couple of full courts where he just went coast to coast. Mm-hmm. with you know as, as the ball handler that is new that mm-hmm. is something that i haven't really seen from pat and you wonder if he can add that to his game because i think one of the primary knocks on pat from bulls fans and anybody watching the nba in in his first couple of years in the league is does he have that potential to be a more well-rounded and dynamic threat offensively mm-hmm. and if so does he have the court vision to be the guy to bring the ball up or to do some kind of quick strike pass and transition, or does he have the confidence capability? If he's the one grabbing the rebound Mm -hmm. to put the ball on the floor and bring the ball up and either look for an open teammate or just take it himself and get a shot up himself. I saw more evidence of that, especially in grab and go transition opportunities, whether he was Mm -hmm. passing or look to create for himself. Mm. And also, man, I mean, they weren't even, he wasn't even going full speed. Honestly, he was going to have speed uh against these guys. Um, obviously, because he's a professional athlete. Uh, he wasn't even going, you know, full speed against them. And but the things he was doing were at a were at a high level. So going half speed and doing high level things for me is really good and kind of what I wanted to see. It was the difference of, and I think uh what's that guy's name? Um, Mello or Jello, excuse me. Uh, mm-hmm. Leangelo. Leangelo mm-hmm. Ball also played in the Drew League, Matt. He dropped 51 points. Okay, I believe he's never lost. <laughs> I think you're correct. I believe you're right. I watched the highlights of that 51. It, it's, it was a pickup game, 51. You know what I mean? It was just, I'm going to shoot these threes and I'm going to get these easy rebounds and, and putbacks. And I'm going to get those 51 points that way. There was no real skill there that he was working on. You know what I'm saying? No real thing to be like, oh, snap, he belongs in the NBA. No, it was just a dude balling out in the pro-am, dropping 51. Patrick Williams, I'm watching out there, like, this dude's working on stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he's going half speed, making sure he's got his confidence right so he can be a better basketball player for the Bulls. Another thing, 
I like the three-point shots too. <laughs> I just do. I like the three-point shot. He's a solid three-point shooter. He does he didn't take a lot of them, you know what I mean, with the Bulls, but his percentage is really high uh mm-hmm. when he takes those three-point shots. So I'm interested to see if that will continue because I think there's gonna be an uptick in the um, in the number of attempts at least uh for Patrick Williams on the three-point shot. But watching that pro am Matt, I can tell he got better. And and that's something I don't think anybody can sit here and really debate me on is the fact that he got better. He looks he looked like a better basketball player. Period. Yeah. Uh, you know, we know uh, that he put in work this offseason, working out with DeMar, the early, you know, early AM wake-up calls and start times for their workouts. And somebody in the comments mentioning that, you know, he and Kobe went and did some some uh, work on their ball handling with the specialists this offseason. Um, it, it's encouraging up – like, I will let myself be encouraged by, as you said – Pat put work in this season, this summer, looks to have improved certain elements of his game. Then the question is, will we see it as a payoff for a Bulls team that, if they're going to take another step, need him to be a a real threat? I think right, right. we saw that, uh, you know, an exhausted DeMar and a not fully healthy Zach Levine ran out of steam and could only take yeah. this team so far. Correct. They need other elements, and obviously we've we've talked about whether or not Vooch will have a bounce-back year. We're going to save the conversation about this recent report about Vooch and the whole contract extension thing for when Will is back later this week. We'll get to that, but Pat is another big X-factor to will the Bulls be better this coming season. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned the three-pointers, though, I like the fact that the threes I saw him take in this Drew League game Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you noticed, Big Dave, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. It looked to me like his release got cleaned up and a little faster, too. It did. Because no, you're right. You mentioned the, the lack of volume for Pat, and then sometimes there's a little bit of a hesitation yeah. with him having the confidence to shoot those threes. And then even when he did have a catch-and-shoot three opportunity, that the his, his shot form and release is just kind of buffering. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of buffering involved. If he he can develop or more lethal, quick shoot, Mm -hmm. whether it's pulling up off the dribble with those new and improved handles or in catch and shoot (laughs) situations, like you said, the accuracy is there. Yeah. He just needs to be a bigger threat by having a quicker release. And it looked like maybe there was a quicker release in that Drew League pickup game. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely looked like that. You're right. Uh, That's right. You're right to point that out. Um, and I like what Devin said too, because I just said, like, to me, it looked like P. Will was coasting. Now he wanted to go full sweat mode. Yeah, like, he clearly was going half speed, uh, doing what he did. I believe he ended up with what 14 points, 14 rebounds, or something like that. Um, I like the blocks, <laughs> I thought those were cool too. Uh, the blocks that he got, I liked seeing that. Um, but when you mentioned Matt, him in transition and getting that ball, you know, like you said, the grab and go, getting that and getting the ball down. Those are things you do when the game kind of slows down for you, you know, like when when you like because, again, that comes with confidence and that comes with repetition and being OK with doing something like that. That's stuff you do when it slows down, when you get it and you go and you're starting the break and you're getting the ball up the floor. That means you're seeing stuff ahead and you only do that when the game slows down for you. Yeah. As long as a ball, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of what it does. But but yeah, man, I, I liked what I saw. I like what he did. Uh, we'll see what transfers over on to the NBA because all that stuff that we're talking are big question marks. You know what I mean? Will the will Matt's right? Will the handle transcribe? I mean, it's a question mark. I think it will, but will it transfer over there? 
Will that three-point shot still be a quicker release? You know, will those things be occurring? Will he be taking those fadeaway shots? Will he have that confidence to do it? We'll see, you know, but I'm happy to see that he looked like he got better. And that's that's what I'm hanging my hat on right there. Um, some funny comments here, Colin, saying Pat yeah. didn't even need sweat block in that Drew Lee game. <laughs> and Ricky saying as long as he wasn't getting cooked like Denzel Valentine was getting cooked <laughs> in the Drew Lee game, I'm good. That is true. I mean, there are examples of NBA caliber players going to Drew League and getting made to look a fool. Like, yeah. you know, some Bulls fans saying, oh, come on, like 14 points. Like, mediocre guys who aren't even really real mid-tier players of the NBA can go to Drew League and drop 40 or 50 or 60. Correct. Maybe Pat wasn't trying to do that the other day. But maybe that, Pat ain't on I, I know levels either. For, for so <laughs> many Bulls fans, that, that well, maybe he wasn't trying to do that, opens up the, whole, the other can of worms conversation of, like, does Pat have that dog in him, right? Does he not love the game of basketball enough? Is he not competitive enough? I'm like, I, I, get, I get why some Bulls fans are obsessed with that question because yeah. they want to have seen more from Pat through his first two years because sure. number four overall pick, right? Sure. I get that. But again, I, it seems crazy to me how often Bulls fans forget a couple of simple facts. Rookie year, less talent, and maybe a larger opportunity for him to do a little bit more on that team, mm -hmm. but still, rookie playing with a lot of guys ahead of him in the offensive pecking order trademark second year injured in game five of 82 then came back to play just a handful of regular season games and then in the playoffs what did you expect to see in year two when it was in 90 percent of it interrupted and lost to injury I, no, man, see, I, I don't get though. it, Dave. What like so these Bulls fans are like, he doesn't have the the fight and the dog in him. He's got to be more aggressive. I'm like, what? What do you think he's taking 20 shots a game <laughs> when he's teammates with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine? Oh, and also Vooch. Yeah, I I think um, <laughs> your face just makes me laugh when you say these things. <laughs> it makes me laugh so much. Um. And you're right, like there's a lot of expectations on his shoulders about him, you know, wanting to be better and him not deferring uh, to certain guys and having the confidence in himself to know that he belongs out there on the floor. Uh, everybody don't just come in there with it. Some guys got to go get it. And like I, I bring Scotty Pippen up all the time, <laughs> you know, when I talk about this stuff, man. Scotty didn't come in. Scotty wasn't, you know, that dude like that. I mean, let's not forget Detroit, you know what I mean, and what was going on there. Like, he, he was not there mentally yet. Once Scotty got there mentally, the Bulls didn't lose again. All right? That's just what it is. So sometimes it takes guys a while to get up to that point to, you know, kind of develop that mentality to be like, okay, I'm that dude. Did we not just see Andrew Wiggins kind of get that mentality this year? <laughs> like, for the first time in his career this year? In the finals is where you saw in the playoffs? You you thought Andrew Wiggins was supposed to have that from the beginning, right? You supposed to have that dude be a killer, you know. Ah, I want you to go out there, you know, eat lightning and crap thunder. Shout out Rocky. Um, but yeah, he didn't have that. But you saw for the first time this year, like he just it clicked for him. It could because of the team he was playing with, the the situation he was in, the the success that he had, you know, being an all star starter, all those kind of things could definitely play into it. But the bottom line is, it clicked. It took him some years, 
took my man Dirk some years, you know what I'm saying, to get his mentality correct and figure out, yo, dude, I'm that guy. Let me get out there on that floor. Patrick Williams, man, I'm not I'm not concerned about, maybe because I don't have that same expectations that maybe some Bulls fans, you know, have for him. I don't have him as a 25-point scorer coming into this year. You know, that's just not what I'm looking at. He's not 25 and 10 to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm waiting to see this just to make sure he has confidence to know that he belongs on the basketball court and I can depend on him. And that's what DeMar DeRozan is, and I'm so grateful that he's here for, you know what I'm saying, to take him under that wing. That's why I'm so grateful Daylon Terry, you know, is kind of here for, to push him and let right. him know that he is that guy. So, yeah, I'm expecting to see some things for him this year. I'm going to be watching right along with everybody, so is Matt. So, and if it don't go down like that, well, tune right back here to CHGO Bulls podcast. We're going to have some stuff to say about it. You know what I'm saying? But if it does go down like that, tune here to CHGO Bulls mm-hmm. podcast because we're going to have some stuff to say about that too. Yeah. Uh, Colin in the comments also pointing out something that Bulls fans are quick to forget. This is Pat Will's first full, normal, and healthy offseason since coming in the NBA. Got drafted. While COVID was still messing things up and didn't have a normal offseason, his mm. first year coming in as a rookie. Then last year, dealing with injuries in the offseason and then missed the bulk of training camp and then came in and played like a preseason game before the regular mm. season started because he was dealing with that ankle. Yeah. We'll, it'll be interesting to see if a full and healthy regular offseason plus some DeMar workouts thrown in there make a big difference for Pat, who has not had normal offseasons in his first two NBA years. Um, and, of course, Ricky pointing out that Pat still cannot legally buy alcohol in the United <laughs> States of America yet. We've got 18 more days, Dave. His birthday is August 26th. It is the 8th. We got a couple weeks while well, we can still say that Patrick Williams is 20 years old. Take that, Marquet. He's 20. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I see what DeMar said. Come on, Dave. Scotty came from a small town in Arkansas that people all over Arkansas didn't know existed. I, I, I don't know what that means. It has to do with How what I'm saying. How dare you besmirch but... the beautiful and noble <laughs> town of Hamburg, Arkansas? Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, Hamburg, Arkansas. Yes, and Marquette definitely, I, I just know he's got that tweet ready to go. Oh. Oh. He's got, he doesn't just have a tweet ready, Dave. He's got a thread drafted <laughs> and ready to go about why no Bulls fans should be allowed to remark on the youth of Patrick Williams anymore. Shout because out, apparently we need some Bulls talking heads who are even more cynical and bitter than I am. <laughs> and that's why we love Mark Gay for being around. <laughs> Uh, that's it. We're out of time. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out in the live comments today. If you're oh, watching along man. with us on YouTube and you enjoyed today's show, hit that thumbs up button under the video. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, right. And and uh, tell your tell your fellow Bulls friends, uh, Bulls fan friends, to check out the show. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, you can always find us on Twitter, uh, Bulls underscore Peck, Bow BWL Sports, PHGO underscore Bulls. Looking forward to talking Vooch <laughs> extension and anything else going on in the Bulls NBA world. Throughout this week, as we get Will to go Gottlieb back in the fold, we'll also probably do a couple more uh, off-season evaluations of these other East teams as we are now getting into sort of the meat in the middle of the East where the Bulls are looking to stack up. So we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. We'll be back in the studio live, 3 o'clock Central Time. We'll talk to you then. For Big Dave and Joey, 
and Will, who's somewhere in Australia. Wait, Australia? Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> Mark's in Australia. We'll talk to you guys next time. See Red be good. Peace.